Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us, episode number 50. Yay! 5050. 5-0. Congratulations to us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Um, having done it almost once a week, that means it's almost been a year. Oh, well, no, we started, we didn't start this show. Um, that's impossible. We didn't, when did we start? <laughs> We've been doing it once a week, except we missed one week. So it's almost a year ago. So uh, show 53 will be our one-year show. My goodness. That's kind of cool. Wow, that is cool. Congratulations. And, and to you. Good for us for lasting this long. Especially when we have days that start off the way today did. My wife mm. says to me that she wants to do something she's never done before. And I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, your mind just braces with all the possibilities. And then you said something very sad. Oh. You are a woman of 45 plus. <laughs> yes, I'm 54. No, you're 45 plus. <laughs> 45 plus. And you said you've never had a pedicure. Or sorry, I, manicure. I, well, I've only ever had. Now I'm, I've had two pedicures now. No, I've never had a manicure. How could you never have had a manicure? Why not? I've just never. Well, well, I told you, my dear Tara at work that day when I said, oh, you know, I've never had a pedicure. And she, this is typical of her, she just went, shut that front door. And so as soon as my birthday came around, that's what everyone at work got me. Not no, having never, a pedicure I get because feet, feet are different. And I hate feet. I hate my feet. I hate your feet. I hate feet. Mm -hmm. So I can understand not having a pedicure. But not having had a manicure, that's just remarkable. You have to go do that before we go to Portugal. I'm going to go and do it. I Yay. fear I, I, I'm going to. Good. I'm going to. Good. Yes. Treat but, yourself. Yes, I'm treating myself. I am thinking because now that you have flipped that switch, you give me permission to go do what I want to do. Yeah, well, what's that? God knows. What do you want to do? See, here's the Sean, just answer the question. Hear the tone of voice that you have there? You immediately assume the... the it's the like a $5,000 thing. You immediately assume the negative. You don't... Uh, no. You no, do? No, not the negative. Just the can we afford it <laughs> <laughs> So go on, darling. Tell me. If you're going to have a mani-pedi... Yes. I want to go have a straight razor shave before we go to Portugal. Well, I would love that for See? you. See? So let's do that in the city yes. when we're over there in a couple weeks. We are leaving for Portugal. Today is the third day of March. We're leaving Portugal on the 21st, so 18 <laughs> days away. Very exciting. We'll be jetting off to lovely Lisbon, Portugal. We won't have a good time until we land in Lisbon. I, I agree. <laughs> Because I hate, I love being other places. I hate getting to other places. Well, I think we all do. In airplanes. Yes. On the motorcycle, great car, great train, great bus. No, I'll never, I'll never ride a bus again. But on a plane, the whole process, from the moment you get on the ground to the airport, finding parking, dragging your luggage up escalators and around corners and through lines, walking up to that check-in counter, where you need to give them your passport and all that kind of stuff. Every step of the way, flying is, at the very least, annoying and, at the worst, terrifying. They've made it an incredibly un uh, unpleasant experience. Now, interesting you say it that way, because I've been thinking about this, and have they made it unpleasant? Because... Everything that I've just said has always happened. We've always had to find parking at the airport. You always had to drag your luggage through up the escalator around to the lines. You always had to check in. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All that stuff is common. You always had to sit there and wait for whatever period of time. You always had to queue up to get to your seat while they call you a group name. You always had to get on the plane and find the space for your luggage. All that stuff is the same. Yes. The only thing that's really changed is, the, especially in coach, the um, the cattle nature of it, where they every flight is now packed. Yes. 
before, you know, for you young folks out there, uh, don't realize the, the good old days, there was quite often times when I'd fly and the plane would be three quarters to half full. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least half the time when I flew, there was no one sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little a little more space-wise comfortable. The only thing that's changed, again, this, not again, but since, and it's obviously since 911, is the security theater of it. Yes. And that really hasn't gotten... That bad. Oh, it did for a while. It was very sure, bad. Sure. But, I mean, now it's pretty much gone to where we're either used to it or it's... Because we had to do that anyway before. You had to go through security before anyway, right? You I never think... just got on a plane. You always checked your luggage. You always had to go in and... But now it's more intrusive. More things have to be taken out. You take your shoes off, which is stupid. Some of us get pulled off to the sides. You get physical pat-downs and that kind of stuff. So, yes, that aspect. Of yes, it. I think we've been, like you say, frogs in the water. Yes. Yes. And then um, the cost of it and especially the uh, airlines have taken the opportunity, and I don't mean to say it the way it sounded, the opportunity of 9-11 to nickel and dime us to it's freaking It's all the death. Exactly. The, exactly. They've discovered that we need to do this stuff, and because we because we need to do it, they can charge us for it. Exactly. The ridiculous fees on baggage, the lack of food for the most part. Here's here not even a bag of peanuts. Here's 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 a cookie mm. for most people in coach. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're jamming more people on planes, yes. both from a crowding point of view, but also from the seating point of view. They've limited the amount of room you have in the seats. They have, yes. So your seat doesn't tilt back as far and mm-hmm. you don't have much leg room. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for cute, wonderful, petite people like you, <clears> not too <throat> much of a problem. If you're over, I'd say, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and the more over that you get, and if you're over 200 pounds and the wider of that you get, flying becomes a torturous process. Yes. I'm going to be jammed into a tube in coach... From the moment we got on that flight in Vancouver at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday evening until we get to London nine hours later, and it's going to be hell. Yes. I'm going to be jammed into one position for nine hours. And the person in front of me is going to attempt to put their seat back. They won't be able to, but they're going to attempt it because they want their comfort and they want to put their head in my lap. <clears throat> They're not going to. No. My apologies in advance. Whoever's in front of me, you will not put your seat back. I don't put my seat back. I I, I, I make this rule for, for others, too, but I also don't do it. I don't put... I'll put my seat back maybe a half an inch, you know, just a little teeny tiny bit. Yes. But I will not fully recline. And you don't fully recline anyway in seats nowadays. But I don't... Because my knees, when you put your seat back, it jams into my knees. Because I've got no leg room. No. And then... They have this thing called exit row, emergency row. And what that row is, is to the front of the plane, the rear of the plane, and over the wings, they will have seats specifically designed. They they don't move. They've got more space because that's the area you get off the plane in case of emergency. That's where the emergency slide is. And they want people... Again, before 9-11, they wanted people in those seats who could assist other passengers in the event of that emergency. And so my rule was, I want three bodybuilders there. (laughs) I want three massive mofos. Brave people. Brave people who can rip seats off the floor and throw them out of the way in the case of an emergency. And my thought was always, but back again, before 9-11... You would, they would, the airlines would hold emergency row seating. People would check in, and they would offer emergency row to people they felt were capable of, yes. of doing that yeah, job. Yeah, you don't give it to a disabled person. Well, yeah, you well, they don't, you eat, don't. You don't do it now either. But they never, they never did it then. They oh, don't, they didn't. Okay. They, they would not do it now. They still emergency row is still only given out to those who the airline feels are capable of assisting in case of emergency. So children aren't allowed to sit there. Mm. So what would happen is I would get to the airport like three hours early, and then I'd go up to the gate and request emergency row. Mm-hmm. And they'd go, yeah, mm-hmm. that's who we want in emergency row, some big monstrous dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then after 9-11, they realized, because we're inconveniencing people so bad, we can start charging for emergency row. That's right. 
And so now the big guys were already uncomfortable on the plane are now being charged an extra hundred dollars and given a job. Yeah. You're charging me a hundred bucks and then you want me to do a job too. Charge for everything now. It's a hundred dollars a leg for Mercy Row on Air Canada. So if we want to fly from Vancouver to London and you want someone capable of assisting the crew during an emergency, you're making him pay a hundred bucks. Yeah, no, that's just not right. They should not be allowed to charge for emergency row. Not only that, Air Canada, and I'm sure a lot of other airlines, charge you for your seat. Yep. If you want to choose your seat... They charge you now. $37 per leg of the flight. Do you remember the days you could go in and go, oh, I'm going to pick my seat now, and you would just pick your seat on, on the online. Do you remember? If, and if you don't do that, they'll assign you a seat. Well, if half the, the the people on the plane are paying thirty-seven bucks for a seat, you're getting middle seat. Yeah. So now I'm six foot three. I'm two hundred sixty pounds, and you're gonna put me in a middle seat? Mm. Just because I won't pay your your gangster mm. prices? It's just, it's so offensive. It is. It's utterly utter. And then airlines bitching and playing that there's no there's no customer loyalty. Well, fuck you guys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You make it pleasant, more pleasant for us, then we'll make we'll we'll stay on that airline. If I find that one airline treats me like well, Cathay Pacific, I love Cathay Pacific. Mm -hmm. I've flown them twice, once to Japan, once to Australia, and those are long, long flights. You wanna be comfortable and wanna have nice people on board that plane yes. and Cathay Pacific was that way. Air Canada is freaking off. I have flown several times. Air Canada then swapped to Qantas or Air Canada swapped to um, Air New Zealand, any other airline. And it's like you've crossed a line. You're oh, yeah. The frazzled, frumpy, grumpy, yep. lack of service, not even really wanting to connect with you, Air Canada. And then you suddenly, yep. like for with Qantas, for example. Huge difference. The difference is like you've, you've crossed a line yeah. into some dreamland yep. or something. It's yeah. awful. And so, yeah, I... I Utterly, utterly dread the act of getting someplace. Love being someplace, but the act of the airlines getting there. And then you have delays and you have gate changes and massive airports where you have to walk 40 minutes just to get to the next gate kind of bullshit. It's just, all of it's awful. But once we get there, oh man, it's going to be so nice. It's going to be lovely. It is going to be fantastic. Pretty exciting. We, and then, um, so the, we'll, land, we'll get into Lisbon around 4.20 in the afternoon, and we plan on just basically doing a reconnoiter of the area around our hotel. We, if you're interested, we're staying at the Hotel Borgia Chiado. Yes, it sounds very It does. It does. <laughs> looks very shishi-poo-poo, -poo too. <laughs> and that's, there's the other thing, too, is another stress level, is... Because I'm not a travel agent. I've never been to Lisbon before. We're organizing this thing. There's going to be seven people going to this hotel. If this hotel sucks, that's going to be my fault. Because I chose this hotel. Whereas if we had a travel agent that could have said, yes, that's a good hotel. Or no, it's not a great neighborhood. Or you want to uh, be at this hotel because it's quieter or nicer or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not going to know. So until we walk into the hotel and until we get into the room... I'm going to be stressed thinking, I hope this is good for everybody else. The other six people who are traveling with me. Because yes. I'm going to, I'm going to feel responsible for, of course. for them. Yeah. I'm going to have no one to blame but myself. And, and the reviews are quite variable on this. Place. Yeah, that's the other thing, They're too. Very sort of um, some vibes, some ones. Yep. Some, and then some people get really funny about the littlest things. and So it's hard to tell. Yeah, so we'll see. So we'll reconnoiter the hotel, and then we're getting up. First thing on Saturday morning, renting a car, renting a Mini Cooper, <laughs> and driving off all over the place. We're going to go to Casais, I think that's how you said, Capitan de Roca. We're going to uh, Nazare, the beautiful beach on Nazare and the waves. Yes. Um, we're going to Boca de Inferno, yes. Hell's Mouth. Hell's Mouth, which looks to me like cliffs on the ocean. Yeah. Probably yeah. waves and crashing. All and kinds and of they're waves. sort of like arches in the rocks and... I, and I don't know if anyone's tried these guys before, but we uh, use Skyscanner to check out car rentals. And Skyscanner, Skyscanner said you could rent a car in Lisbon for $3. <laughs> I was like, Canadian. Huh? Canadian. <laughs> yeah, if that makes a difference. <laughs> I know. $3. I was like, what? I, I can't be right. So I clicked through the process, and I ended up to a website called Easy Rent Cars. It's a, it looks like a UK company. HK. 
Chinese company? What's that? Hong Kong? Hong Kong. Um, easy rent cars. And they actually do have cars you can rent for like three. Now it's a it's a it's a Ford Punto. It's a, a, a Fiat Fiesta. It's a little tiny itty bitty yeah, tiny itty bitty car. You know, a Yaris, things that I can build. I, I weigh more than a car does. But for three bucks, is and that, it seemed legit. Yeah, but well, but we didn't end up doing that, did we? Because it was so scary. We were a bit scared. <laughs> we thought, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't trust it. Because for me, a car rental should be 30 bucks a day. That's, to yeah, me, that's a reasonable, reasonable car rental. So yeah. I go, whenever I buy stuff or, or, or do this, I have a, a number in my head that I'm... That's willing. what I'm willing to pay. Right. If you match that number, then good. I'll buy yours. I'm not going to search around for eight hours to find the exact lowest price. That this is the number in my head. You match that number, we're good. So thirty bucks Canadian. I go to EasyRentCars.com and we're scrolling through the two dollar car rentals, and then it says <laughs> uh, Economy two door Mini Cooper for twenty three dollars. Sold. Oh my god. Riding it now, I wanted a convertible, but guess what? Princess over here. Yeah, I don't want a convertible. Why not? Well, okay, first of all, it could be really windy and uncomfortable, although you can cover it. It's not like you need to have it always in the convertible state. Did you do? And I don't want to get sunburned. Um, in, I've red hair and freckles, by the way, everyone. <laughs> in March, you're right. We probably wouldn't yeah. have much use for a convertible near the ocean. Uh, um, uh, I think it could be potentially quite chilly yes, on that ocean at that time of year. So that's why I wasn't pushing the convertible any. But also because you are very concerned about uh, sunburn. And, I just don't want to get sunburned. I mean, I wear sunscreen, yep. but still. Still. You want to limit it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the, the total amount, taxes included, for our Mini Cooper in... Uh, Lisbon picking it up uh, from the airport. I think from the airport, twenty-three bucks. And it's a manual. Uh, that's the best part of renting cars in Europe. Oh. All manuals. I'm gonna. I would love to drive it. No. Yes. No. What? I rented it. I drive it. You Get out of here. Rent your own. We'll race. I am going to drive that Mini Cooper. I haven't driven it. I love, I learned I dr to drive in a manual car, and I haven't driven a manual. You oh absolutely will, because that way I can film you driving. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, where it's quiet. I'm not going to do it in downtown Lisbon. No, God, no. So now the fun comes. The other thing is, these guys have free cancellation up to up to awesome. 40. Up to 40. We have, um, yeah, I've never heard of this company before, and I'm still kind of, yeah. but it's, um, again, easy. Rentcars.com. Uh, the $23 includes your insurance, okay. which is unusual. Usually it's an add-on. Uh, vehicle rental, collision damage, third-party liability, unlimited mileage, theft waiver, airport service charge, taxes and surcharges, all that for $23.06. Canadian. How are they making money? Um, but it's also, uh, what else was there? Oh, they, they um, have a, a tracking thing. If the price drops by a percentage that you choose, They'll cancel your reservation and rebook it at the lower price. Oh. Is that something that you would try honey with, your honey? I did, and, they, and there wasn't any discounts on you it. You should tell folks about it. I will. Yeah. Um, joinhoney.com is a kind, kind of a neat little, um, I guess service is the only way to describe it, that it watches the stuff you buy online. Mm -hmm. And then tells you if there's discounts for that thing that you're buying. Well, I love it. I went into a site yesterday, I think, and Honey goes, Hi, do you want us to check for you to see if this price drops in so-and-so? Yep. And what would you like us to let you know at 5% or 10%? Yeah. And then you, you sort of say, yes, please, and they'll let you know. So you put stuff on your Amazon wish list. Yeah. And it watches your wish list. <clears throat> I love it. And when the price drops, it's and sometimes it drops for a penny, and you get an email. Going, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. But sometimes there was one uh, thing I just oh that's right the tens. Uh, yes, ten, the tens, tens machine. What? Ten cents for what? To something emission. I'll look okay, it up while you're talking. Don't worry about it. Uh, one of those uh, elect home electronic things. You you put the pads on your on your body and your muscles, and it gives the electron electrical charge. Yes, when when you go to the physio. Though. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I saw one for twenty six bucks. Not nah, that's too much for this little gadget. And honey, 
I got an email saying it's now now ten dollars. So yeah. oh, buy buy right away. Oh, we've been using it. It's a transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation okay. machine. I don't know how if it does actually any good, but it, 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 the other thing about uh, honey again, joinhoney.com, is you get honey points, honey gold they call it, for buying stuff. Because honey also gets a percentage of that's how honey makes money. Of course. They also get a percentage of the stuff that you you bought. Mm-hmm. I, I made uh, twenty five bucks U.S. in honey money. <laughs> it's just so cute. Works for me. And there's just this delightful rush that you get when you Sean first time I ever saw it was less than a week ago, and he went in. He said, "Let's see if honey." will give us a discount. And I said, oh, what's that? And it, we got so much money. I think it was off my dress or yes, something that we right. got. I just was like, oh, my gosh, that's great. We, we uh, Revolve. Me? Revolve. Revolve.com is a website. We bought this, we saw this beautiful dress for, for Melissa. And when we put it in the cart and went to check out, the Honey app popped up and said, do you want us to try these coupons? And we were thinking, okay, fine. So it had 25, 30 coupons. Now, a lot of the times you can go to a website, and it'll say uh, there's a coupon code. And you, then you go to Google and do coupon code for blah, blah, blah. And you get a whole bunch of scam websites. So I've stopped doing that. Oh. But Honey will run those codes for you in the background. Right. Yeah. And so Honey went through 20 different codes. And it popped up and said, we found a code to save 10% off. That's, that's cool. It was, it was about $11 or something like that. Free money. We saved 11 right. bucks. Yeah. Um, here's an example. The The... Uh, we, I've been wanting, because I'm the cook of the family, I've been wanting an olive oil mister. Yes. Just, yes, to, just, just for the vegetables and, and stuff. And you can't just use a regular <clears throat> spray bottle thing, because olive oil is too thick. You mm. need a, a particular atomizer. But I found one on Amazon, a Misto brushed aluminum olive oil sprayer. Mm-hmm. Honey just told me the price has dropped by 3 bucks down to $7. That's great. I'm going to buy it. I mean, that's a worth 11 on the dress, 3 there. Yeah. I mean, it's adding up. So it's, it's kind of cool. So, yeah, join Honey. And then, uh, again, Easy Car, easy, EasyRentCars.com. I'm really, I'm not that worried about it because we'll be at, if, if this is a scam, we've only lost 23 bucks, and we're at the airport, we'll rent from somebody yeah. else. That's the other thing is getting to the airport. We're going to fly in on Friday, and then, I don't know, we take the train into town, a cab, whatever, then reverse to come out to the airport. Now, the big thing is, and if you're one of our folks who are going to Lisbon, a warning, um, renting a car sounds like a great idea until, this is true of a lot of uh, European cities, especially the smaller ones. The smaller the city, the more likely this is. Parking is a giant pain in the ass and very expensive. Yes. Anywhere from overnight 30 euros, that's about 40 $45. Mm-hmm. You got to watch out for that. You think, oh, I'll rent a car and then we'll have it. Car. But if you're paying, if you're renting a car for 23 bucks a day, but it costs you 30, 30 euros a night to park it, it's not, that's not worth it's it. It's not worth it. Yes. So be careful of that. And then the other issue is, these um, old European cities have very narrow streets, very windy streets, very um, uh, cobblestoned and, and rough streets, and with very, very, very little parking. Yeah. So you have to be very careful with that. Make sure you know what you're doing, where you're going, and you're very comfortable doing that. Otherwise, hire a tour guide. Yeah. That's what we're, we're going to do. We're, we're going to go to Sintra. It's about being free and easy. Yeah. We're, we're going to go to Sintra on the Wednesday, and rather than <clears> rent a vehicle to get there, we're going to take the train, because mm. it'll be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Take the train to Sintra, and our tour guide will meet us in Sintra. And then, in their vehicle, drive us around the village of Sintra, seeing the monuments and seeing the castles. Yes. Um, and then dropping us back off the train station, and we head back to town, so. Yeah, 18 days. We're going to be we're so very, 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 very excited about that. <sighs> Sometimes there's a lot of um, negativity in the world. And we try, to, I try to find some positivity in the negativity stuff. So we hear quite often about various people, organizations, things. This is so pre- prevalent nowadays getting caught with drugs, doing drugs, drugs. And athletes get, unfortunately, caught a lot. And in a lot of ways, it has really tainted my love of sports in general. I used to love watching the Olympics. I would watch everything of the Olympics. But now, because there have been so many drug scandals over the years, I've really lost a lot of interest in the vast majority. I mean, I'd watch shot putting. 
You know, I, I, I oh, watched, me too. Oh, Javelin? Love Javelin. Oh, I love the field sports. Love the field sports. But it really lost a lot of interest in that kind of athlete because of... Love the high jumps. The, because of drug testing, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, here's another sport that I've lost interest in because of it. Um, the WBF says the world number one player has been suspended after failing a drug test. The Federation said on its website Friday that Gear Helgemo, uh, who is Norwegian, represents Monaco in an event, tested positive for synthetic testosterone and female fertility drugs, clomiphene, at an event in Orlando, Florida last September. I don't, okay, I don't understand. The sport, uh, the WBF, is the World Bridge Federation. The number one bridge player in the world got caught by drug testing. You mean like the card game? Yes, the card game. But if he's, that's no one's business if he's got a female. He's obviously trying. Who cares? My first question. Well, why are they testing? They said exactly. Oh that was my first question. Well, why are you testing a bridge for performance enhancing drugs? Okay, so go on. Why? There's nothing else. That's it. That's the story. And so he or she, he? Or this person has lost their bridge championship. Whatever. Okay. Is it, is it? Is it? I don't know. Whatever you're gonna ask, I don't know. Okay. It's just the most bizarre story. So odd. Wow. And they're from where? 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 They're from Norway. Norway, but represents Monaco in bridge events. Testified positive for synthetic testosterone and female fertility drugs. Clomiphene, the World Bridge Series event in Orlando, Florida. What a bizarre oh idea! My God. Okay, what a weird world. That you would even test bridge players. Oh my God! For performance enhancing <sighs> drugs. I mean, I. Uh... It's like uh, they must. Uh... They must test the chess players now. I don't know. You know. I still remember getting uh, cracking up the first time I heard, and this happened 10, 15 years ago, when um, NASCAR decided they were going to start testing um, drivers okay. for a performance okay. enhancing drug, which makes sense. Yes. But they're also tr testing them for cocaine. And I was like, why would you do cocaine and then get into a car going 200 miles an hour left? Well, you know? they could, though. <laughs> yeah, but cause... that would just be the dumbest thing in the world, getting all messed up on coke and then getting into a car going really fast. Yeah, but you It's might... like, I want to go right! <laughs> uh, <you know? laughs> I'm going to go backwards! Fuck you! It you know? could enhance their performance, though. They were high on coke. But it just cracked me up that they were actually bridge. Test, actually I've testing. I've never played bridge, you know. I played it once, and it was just for me. I, I don't mean I insulting no bridge idea. players. No. And it was just a stupid sport, <laughs> stupid sport. game sport. Sorry, sport. Stupid game, and I was ever gonna. I like card games, but bridge just was was too too much mm. a pain in the ass for me. Mm. Did you hear the story? This wonderful story of uh, this guy in South Carolina. Um. It was cold, and this is something I've always wanted to do. Because I remember doing this when I was a kid. So there's a bunch of girl guides selling cookies right, outside the local store. It's cold, right? It's like 34 degrees Fahrenheit, one, one two degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. Little girls outside, want to buy some cookies? Want to buy some cookies? And 95% of people say no. And I always feel bad for those kids, whether oh. they're selling cookies or chocolate bars. I remember me doing that as a kid and thinking all adults are meanies because all I want is a $2 and I'll give you a chocolate bar. <laughs> this is the best thing in the world. I'll give you a chocolate bar and you keep saying no to me. Aww. I hate it. Aww. hated it. It's like a buck, two bucks. Why? Give me two bucks and give me a chocolate it's bar. It's hard these days. People don't have change. Well, yes, but when we were kids, that's that's Everybody all. had change. So this guy sees these kids, buys um, 40 bucks worth of Girl, Girl Scout cookies, mm -hmm. goes in the store, comes back out. He's obviously gone to the ATM in the store <clears throat> with $500 and buys all the Girl Scout oh. cookies. Now, girls, get in. Get inside. It's cold Why don't they here. let them do it from inside anyway? Oh, because usually corporate people. Oh, my people God. Don't believe let in the girl, girls inside. People don't believe in girl guides and all. This is all kinds good of Lord. stupid shit. Oh, yeah. So this is a big story. This is one of those wonderful feel-good stories that everybody loves that pops up every now and then. You know, it's the guy who goes into Walmart and, at Christmas time and buys all the, buys, yeah, all the, the layaway. Yeah, yeah. What, oh, yeah. What was it? Layby, you call it? Layby. Layby. Layway stuff. So it's the same sort of story. Yeah. For some reason, though, this story struck me as a little 
strange. I don't know why. So I didn't tweet about it. I didn't report about it. I didn't say anything about it. Yes. And it turns out there was something strange about it. The guy's name is uh, Detrick Lee McGowan. He appeared in federal court because the DEA arrested him on drug charges. Oh, it was drug money? But that doesn't <laughs> no, mean no, he's no. not being kind. No, no, no. Mystery man gained viral notoriety, uh, arrested drug charges at his home. He was being followed by the police. Um, McGowan used his story of buying $540 of Girl Scout cookies to falsely shine a spotlight on himself under the pre pretense of being a pillar of the community, especially oh. agent in charge of the DEA's Atlanta Field Office. His criminal conduct provided no positive benefit to the Greenville community. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so... So it, for the lawyer to go, look, this guy buys Girl Guide cookies and lets the girls in out of the cold. They're trying to make him look like a good guy? Just kind of kind of cracked me up that this guy <laughs> got busted for... At least the Girl Guides benefited from Girl it. Guide benefited, benefited <laughs> from Our Australian correspondent, Scott Thrift, down there in Sydney, Australia. Official. Official Australian correspondent. So the conversation was sleeping with the partner left him last week got me thinking. Over the years, i found it almost impossible to sleep with someone else in my bed. Usually it's because I'm so simply too big, being six foot five. Oh. Even though I was there. Also, I have a particular way of sleeping. means I take up the whole bed, no matter what size it is. Recently, though, Mr. Wonderful clued me into the fact that I have sleep apnea. After a test, we discovered that I stopped breathing up to 70 times an hour. Mm -hmm. And have a very disturbed sleep when he called what he calls riding the bike. My legs never stop moving. Mm. So this means we have separate beds so we can get to sleep before it goes to work. Mm. I've had many friends who find it preferable to not share a bed except for a special time. Yeah. A good night's sleep is hard enough to find without some great lump storm like a buzzsaw next to you. This is true. I don't disagree with them on that. And your snoring isn't that bad. <laughs> not snoring. You snore. You have this wonderful little snuffle. Every now and again, not, not all a the snore. time. I've been I... having lots of nightmares. Mr. King's been waking up from lot, from me having nightmares. I don't wake up from you snoring, or I don't. I really wake up from you getting up to go to the bathroom, or just because you're stressed, whatever it is. But because of your nightmares, these particular ones, you made some very distressing noises that you were un in distress. Now, obviously, that's going to wake me up. Mm -hmm. I can sleep through thunderstorms. I can sleep through. I'm a city kid, so I sleep through. Police sirens, sirens. And fire alarms, ambulance, all that kind of stuff. Yes. But it's because the person that you care about, you love, makes a particular noise. True. That is distress. The noise you get up, you make getting up, I'm going to sleep through. Yes. I, I know it's not a bad thing. But that distressful noise, yeah, definitely woke me up. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, it woke me up in such a way, I always find this really interesting. I, w I was obviously asleep when you made the noise. Mm. And then I woke up, and, I, and what happens is your mind moves that sleep memory into your waking memory. Yes, it does. Because it happened when you were asleep. Yeah. But when you wake up, I hear the noise. Yeah. You think you woke up just before the noise happened, but it, you, you, you didn't. didn't. Yeah. Your mind just moves that noise to your waking state, which yeah, I think... that's an interesting way of looking at it. It really is. It's like dreaming. Your dreams aren't real until you wake up. Because when you're in the dream, it's dreaming. You're, you're not conscious of it. You're asleep. When you wake up, you now remember the dream. Yes. Which is kind of the, the your Remembering mind. it differently, though, sometimes. Possibly, yes, yes. Scott also uh, sent me a, uh, a visual aid to help you plan your next trip to Australia. This is really interesting. Um, it looks like in the um, southern, correct me if I'm wrong, south eastern part of Australia, it's nothing but big hungry sharks. <laughs> in the southwestern, it's baby-eating dingoes and huge rats. <laughs> in the northeast, it's deadly spiders in the dunny. What's the dunny? Toilet. <laughs> deadly spiders in the toilet. Uh, Dame Edna cl uh, clones in the north. Oh, Dame Edna average. Uh, killer crocs. Um... They're in the south are kangaroos and stingrays, like the one that got S uh, Steve Irwin. It's a dangerous freaking country. <laughs> There's no way around it. It's, just, it's a dangerous country. <laughs> Thank you very much for the email, Scott. Thank appreciate you, Scott. That. I saw this was kind of interesting. For some people, seniors, it would be cheaper to live in a Holiday Inn than it would be a nursing home. 
the holiday inn charges less than what a nursing home does. But does the nursing home provide food and everything? Even with food. Because remember, holiday inn will give you breakfast. Wow. If you assume an average daily cost of 188 bucks for a nursing home, although according to the U.S. Department of Health and Services, national average is actually 253 That's insane. The $60 nightly rate for a senior at a Holiday Inn is much, much better. So if the average is 188 at a nursing home, and Holiday Inn's running charging you 60 That's like half. You're saving 100 to more than 120 bucks at the Holiday Inn. There's your food. So if you don't need to be kids, that's the key. If if, if you don't need the services of assistance to get out exactly. and things like that, and to get dressed or bathe. When I was in college many many years ago, um, I worked in a nursing home as the one of the activity people, mm-hmm. help, helping folks play card games, and I was the bartender. And mm-hmm. that kind of, it was fun. I liked. It was like having ninety grandmothers. Mm-hmm. There was this wonderful old couple. I wish I remember their names. My apologies to them. They're dead, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but they were both in their mid-80s. They still traveled. They had sold their house and moved into the nursing homes. They didn't want all the responsibility of the house. Yes. And so the, moving into the nursing home paid for the house money, paid for the nursing home. But it also gave them all the money in the world to travel. Mm. So the nursing home was just a place, place for their stuff. Mm. And they would regularly, once a month, go on trips all over the place. They didn't need any care. They didn't. He was a little stiff from being old. He was a World War II pilot, so he was a little stiff from from that. Um, she'd been a housewife and a secretary, so they had no physical ailments other than the usual old things. So they didn't need assistance. So they moved into the nursing home so they'd have a place to sleep, and then they went traveling. They were great. They were fantastic. Hmm. But would you do that? I I think I would. That's interesting because in Canada, um, from my understanding of the system, is that you have to meet a certain criteria Ooh, to get a place in these. You can't just think, oh. oh, I'm just going to move into the nursing home. Because if you don't need to be there and somebody else does, you're using up those spots Fair to leave your enough. stuff. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So it's not really, in my mind, a very... Mm, not ethical. But if you've got the money... And if you could have a little apartment somewhere with your wife or your husband, you, there's no need for you to use up beds in a nursing home for people that True. genuinely need help. I think it would depend on what the nursing home is. We see, I know there's here, I've seen other places, where they will have um, assisted living communities. Yes. Where it's some of the people uh, need daily assistance. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But everyone is pretty much independent. But they just want to all live in the same apartment building kind of thing. Okay, so it's like a little... Uh, Retirement village. Yes, yeah, so that's different. As opposed to medical care. Yes. You can't. You wouldn't be allowed in Canada to just use a bed because you go, oh, I'm just going to go yeah. to the nursing home. Because the government supports those. I know when I was working for Savon as a food delivery guy, we would often deliver food to these folks. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah. most of them weren't infirm. They could go get their own groceries. They didn't want to carry the heavy stuff. Yeah. It's a okay. whole lot easier for them to get, you know, dog food and that kind of big stuff yeah. delivered. Yeah. Okay. Watermelons. I always hate when watermelons went on sale. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, Everyone's really? buying all yeah. watermelons. Everyone watermelons. Oh, it's, that's interesting. <laughs> so you have these things, 15, 20 pounds of watermelons. Oh, my gosh. You have to hump up all these stairs kind of thing. Oh, I hate it. Oh, jeez. You'd walk into the store and because they had the, the big, the big giant, you know, um, <laughs> Pallets, yeah. the watermelons. You walk in, oh crap! Oh, no watermelons, watermelons on sale. sale. <laughs> <laughs> I've advocated for this for many, many years, and I wish we would do it in North America and in Canada and around the world. Under proposed law, by 2020, most adults in Britain will be considered potential organ donors unless they register the wish to the contrary. Mm. You have to opt out as opposed to opting in. And mm-hmm. we've got to do this. Mm-hmm. Everyone opt in to being a organ donor. As long as you don't have any moral or religious restrictions or or concerns about it, opt in. Because less than 1% of people are organ donors. Mm-hmm. And yet we have people on lists of kidney donors, kidney recipients, and liver, and all kinds of things. If you, God forbid, knock on wood, get into a car accident, you've got your, in theory, your eyes, your heart, your liver, 
your kidneys, two of them, um, all kinds of things that can be, and I, we shouldn't use the word harvested. That's an awful way of, of doing it, but donated. donated. You can save the life of five other people. You can save the sight of one other person. But how do they know you're not diseased or that you're they, not? They, they test the organs. Mm. Yeah, they don't just grab them and slap them into you. They're, no, they're I just... a test that goes ahead of time. Make mm -hmm. sure you're, you're not an alcoholic or yeah, drug, exactly. drug but addict. Or... At least get the pool larger mm -hmm. to choose from because it's so important. It, it, it makes such a huge difference to so many people. And it, you ain't use them no more. No. If you're going to heaven, they'll give you a new one. I promise. <laughs> you don't need them where you're going. You don't need them where you're going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a shame we have to do it this way, but I have no problem with the government saying, okay, everyone's opted in. Unless, unless you, you say, no, I don't want Unless to. you check that box. And I have no problem. People will say, no, there no. are religions that, that, pre that prevent this. Mm -hmm. If you even have a moral obligation, mm -hmm. moral, moral objection, I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of us don't. We just don't think of it to, when we check that box. Please check the box and support any government official who wants to make this kind of stuff mandatory. Yes. My kids are unvaccinated. What essential oils can I use to prevent them from catching measles? There isn't any, darling. You know, oh, I don't understand why this whole thing is raising its ugly head so dramatically again. I don't understand how people month. could be so... I guess if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't. You're already this stupid. But what makes you think that an essential oil would vaccinate your children? I'm not sure. Um, I believe now it's going to be mandatory. In some places. In yeah. some I. I that's the problem. It's only some places. Well, I think now, I know in BC, I think it is, you won't be able to send your child to school. Yeah. Um, the response is kind of quite funny from Ben Wagner, who's a parent. Don't use essential oils. Use large amounts of fermented Swedish herring smeared liberally all over their body, several cans each day. That should keep all other human beings far enough away from them. They not like to catch measles. <laughs> yeah. Why would you think of essential oils? Which are just bizarre. Mm. Another one of those things that mm. people just... How can you be so stupid? <coughs> I think this. As an employer, why shouldn't I be able to hire teens for free? What else are they going to do during the summer months? Me hiring them for free, maybe me receiving a stipend from the government for doing so, means I'm keeping teens off the street, keeps the crime rate down, and prevents drug addiction in the future. These kids are also getting experience. I'm educating them out of my own pocket. Yes, I was fine today for not paying my staff a wage. I'm pissed. Ooh. Could you be a bigger asshole? Whoa. What the hell makes you think that a teenager's work is worth nothing? And what makes you think that they're potentially a criminal or potentially a drug user? Just because they don't have a job. Because they're teenagers? Yeah, exactly. See, this is where I understand where teenagers get very anti-adult, anti-establishment. It's like, don't assume I'm something just because I'm a teenager. It's just appallingly <laughs> stupid yeah. that your brain works this way, that you think a teenager... I'm doing them a favor. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah. they're working for me. They're providing their labor to me so I can make money, so I can sell things and build things and then sell to other people. And I make money, but I'm not going to give it to the person who actually does the work. Oh, no, no. They should be paid. It goes along the lines of that thing we were talking about before on, on, on Your Mac Life, the idea of Apple using the photos for the shot on iPhone campaign mm, mm. and not even slightly at the beginning considering that we're going to pay for those photos in I some, in some even minor way. Um, I find that part of Apple's arrogance so arrogant to not even think it. And then at the end of it, after all their gerfuffle, Apple's saying, we value artists. No, you don't. No. If you did, we wouldn't be in this they were, they were. I know we weren't going about but they were assuming that people would do it because it was just being a part of an Apple exactly. experience. Exactly. They should be happy to work for exposure. Apple. I'm a single mother of an adopted baby, and I'm opting to formula feed since I can't lactate. I'm a working mom as well and found a home daycare provider who seemed amazing. She has two kids of her own, one a little older than my daughter, and has run this home daycare for five years. The only bump in the row was on the first day when I pulled up the formula in bottles, and she wrinkled her nose and said, You feed her that slop? I ignored the barb. I'm used to it. Gave a quick rundown went on my way. Two months later, I got off work early and decided to pick my daughter up early started the sign-up process, and as I was doing so, 
The daycare assistant walked by and saw me. She tried to engage me in conversation, but I wanted to get my daughter, so I brushed by her. When I got to the area of the house where my daughter was, I about fell over. The daycare provider was nursing my baby. Oh. I marched over, took the baby from her arms, and asked if she was crazy. The provider said that she was saving my baby from chemicals and I was trying to force that I was trying to force into her body. I should thank her for doing it all these months. <gasps> I didn't say anything, I just grabbed a diaper bag and got the hell out of there. But now I'm not sure what to do. Obviously, I'm not sending my daughter back there. But should I report her to the umbrella company she's under for home daycare? Or should I make a huge blast on social media? My sister says I should send out texts to the parents that have kids there so they can do their own check-ins. But that is too much, I think. Your thoughts? Oh, well, that's... I mean, if there was an agreement between her and this particular woman, that's fine. If she... If there was a discussion... And you decided as the adoptive mother to go, well, if you, you know, if you can give me a clear indication of, you know, who you are and what you eat and da-da-da, I mean, whatever, whatever sort of agreement you would do to allow such a thing, fine. But my God, to do it without permission, that... Is my first thought, now, first of all, this is just obscene, and yes, you should report this person to everybody and tell every parent and, and whatever. Through the so, proper yes, channels, yes. However you do it, put up signs, whatever. This is just an invasion of your space, of your child, of privacy, of all that kind of stuff. And I don't, so, so I want to make that clear before I ask the next question. Is that dangerous? Yes, but the thing is, uh, first of all, uh, it, it it used to be done all the time. It's not a bad thing that that's a, true. That's, a, a, that's, a woman be a, a wet nurse. That's what a wet nurse is. You're right. I that was that. a common yes, thing. Yes, you're right. So if you as a mother um, that adopted a baby really didn't want your baby to have formula, which I understand. Yes. If you had a sister, if your sister had a baby and you and your sister decided that your sister was going to breastfeed, that that's fine. Yeah. Or if you had a, a wet nurse, if you were a, a woman that was, uh, I mean, often it was done for the lords and the ladies, yes. the baby. Yeah. So it's not, uh, it's not dangerous in that sense, but I don't. I would because there's also a deep connection that yeah. happens with yeah. a baby when you do that. So That's you've right. got this woman breastfeeding your baby. Something you can't do. Something you can't do that you actually, that's, I tell a lie though, there are ways to do it where if you can't, there's things that you can hook up to your breast as if you are breastfeeding your baby so that you can have that beautiful deep skin to skin connection yeah. while they're eating. Yeah. You never do such a thing. Without asking the mother no, or having no, that, no, that is just. And yes, I understand that some people think that that uh, the lack of the the baby formula is a bad thing, and that's a whole separate that's discussion. Separate, yeah. But even if you disagree with it, that doesn't mean you could take it on yourself <gasps> to breastfeed this woman's child. Uh, 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 that's like, um, well, that's like giving a child formula if you were breastfeeding yes, your baby and then right. getting to a daycare and going, what are you doing? You're giving my baby formula and yep. you didn't ask me? Yeah, we couldn't be bothered to get your breast milk out, so we gave him formula. Or we spilled it, yeah. or we didn't connect with you and let you know because you would rush over and breastfeed your that's baby right. otherwise. So, so yeah. no, 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 this is a no, terrible she, she thing. Definitely <gasps> so be, presumptuous. Be yeah, really is. Shit. My wife died seven years ago. Two weeks ago, I was reading a travel diary that she kept. Oh, dude, see, there's your first mistake. All right? Your wife died seven years ago. You should have gotten rid of the travel diary. First a travel ago. diary, yes. okay. Reading a travel diary that she kept while in Europe on business. My wife and I were not married at that time, but had been a couple for 12 years. So this obviously is from at least eight years ago, shall we say. At okay. least. Okay. Probably further. My wife was staying in a converted castle for a seminar with other managers. I read in her journal that one day she had lunch and dinner with a man named Jerry. I was destroyed. I brought this up to a few friends and relatives, and most of the women said the same thing. This was just lunch and dinner. Just lunch and dinner, dude. I am angry that she accepted the invitation at all. I know I don't have any way to get the truth, and I also have no recourse. I talked to an old girlfriend of hers who said my wife was a one-man woman. Sure, I'm thinking maybe one man at a time. Am I being too critical? Oh, God. Come on. Get, get me. Oh. oh. 
Oh, dear. Well, if he wants to torture himself for the rest of his life because his wife ate with another man called Jerry, then power to him. He'll be miserable. He is intentionally making himself miserable in any number of ways. The first thing was, you saw your wife's diary, you throw that shit away. You yeah, do not true. open that book. It would be difficult not to, but I not understand. Me. Yeah. Your journal is right next to your bedside table, and I have never touched it. No, I know you haven't. That thing is radioactive to me. There is no way I'm going anywhere near <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I wouldn't care if you did. This I, no, but just yeah. for me. But I'm from, just saying, yeah. there's nothing in there to be... But even but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I would never read no. someone else's diary. No. So there's your first mistake is reading a diary. True. You should have said, look this and gone, oh, this is a, a book. Dear diary. Oh, I'll close. Yeah. Throw it. Throw it in. Yeah. Get rid of it. Give it to yeah. your daughter if you want if you want someone to have it. But no, you don't read it. Because yes. God knows what kind of landmines are in that thing. You can open up a page and say, I hated my husband my entire life. Yeah. You know, you don't you want don't that. You don't it need to know that point. Stuff. She's at a seminar with other managers. If this is her diary, and you would have known the tone from, you know, obviously this wasn't page one. Right. The tone would have been that she, is she, um, uh, does she, is she writing her deep, dark secrets in this travel diary? Mm. Oh, I, I, I had sex with my husband this night, or I'm thinking about him and this stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't know. But it sounds like she wrote, Lunch with this Lunch dude. with Jerry. Yeah, lunch with Jerry or dinner with and Jerry. Then we had dinner with Jerry. Because maybe she was just, it was business. Maybe it was business. Maybe they were, maybe they were sharing ideas. You know? It's, he has Innocent. A, a minor, minor, tiny, minuscule, itty bitty little niggling doubt because it was lunch and dinner on the same day that he might think it continued on. That they spent the whole day together. The day into the evening into the night. Exactly. But she had breakfast with Jerry the next morning. <laughs> if that had been the next line, then I'd say, okay. Okay, maybe she liked Jerry. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. And, and you know what? Maybe she did like Jerry and didn't write about breakfast because she didn't want that right. written down. But it's impossible. Exactly. You are making your life miserable with absolutely no facts, just suppositions and guesses, except for the fact that his sister, uh, no, she said, I talked to an old girlfriend of hers who said my wife was a one-man woman. Done. Yeah. Done. There's your, there's your, there, there it is. Yes. But then he has to go on and say, yeah, I'm thinking maybe one man at a time. Yeah, That's see? Terrible. You're just You're just picking at a wound that you self-inflicted. Yeah. You know, you stabbed yourself, and now it's scabbing over, and you're picking at the scab. Yeah. Got no sympathy for you, dude. Just no. don't. You just oh don't. He'll be torturing He will. He will. And there's, you can tell. Set the, yourself free. You can tell from the tone of this, nothing anyone can say to him no, will stuck. fix this until he fixes himself and says to himself, I love my wife. I know she loved me. I'm sorry she's gone. Done. Yeah. And throw the travel diary away. Yeah. So sad. I love the title of this next piece. How can I force my acquaintance to open up to me about her ALS diagnosis? Oh. You, you force? You no, know, you don't force someone. An acquaintance? Yes. Oh, my God. You don't Why force do you people. want to know about her ALS diagnosis? A woman because I you have a, your, you're the same diagnosis? A woman I know has ALS, and I want to help. I write medical articles, so reading and explaining the research is a useful skill I have. Mm. She has told only a small number of friends that she has the condition, and I learned about it by accident. It seems silly to me to keep pretending I don't know when everyone else around her does. When I showed her a summary of a research article on ALS, she said she didn't know why I was showing it to her. As long as I know anyway, I wish I could be let in on the secret so I can be helpful. Any ideas? Let it go. There you go. She's the one that has this horrible, horrible, devastating disease. No. Leave her alone. The key sentence in this one, she has told only a small number of friends. That's why she doesn't want people to go on about it. Were leave you one be. of those friends? No, no you, you weren't. weren't. So leave her alone. Let it go. Yeah. No. You gave her the slight door opening yeah. by showing her an article and she said i don't know why Shows you're showing not this to me. reveal yeah no so if you write medical articles and if you have any idea about the ethics in medicine and med and medical personnel then you leave her be it's her decision you can't 
not can't, you shouldn't try to force people to do things that they are not willing to do. Well, especially when they're tackling with something so horrible. She has made this choice. It's obvious that you're not one of her inner circle. You describe it as an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. She has told her friends and not you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, let it go. Let it go. Wow, be there, be there for her when the diagnosis becomes obvious. Be a friend and with your medical knowledge and whatever it is. Maybe you can build a little a little uh, 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 scrapbook or, or webpage about things that she can, when she says to the world, I have this, you can then present to her. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry you have this. Here's some information maybe that you want to peruse. But, dude, it's, none of your, it's not part of your issue at all. No, you back away now. She's dealing with it the way she wants to deal with it, and you have to let her deal with it the way she wants to deal with it. Exactly. You can't impose exactly. yourself on her diagnosis. <laughs> we have a close friend who always blows her nose vehemently at the dinner table at least several times while we were eating. Is this appropriate dinner behavior, or should we ask her nicely to excuse herself when she needs to clean her sinuses? We really need your advice, as other guests are also repulsed. The latter. Ask her very nicely. Please don't do that at the table, and that's it. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. They actually, I mean, I mean. My first response to this person in our our philosophy of radical empathy, yes. my first thing is, grow a set. <laughs> Don't blow your nose like that at the table. Susan, so, 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 what are you doing? No, it's really, go and blow your nose. I understand that you have some, maybe some sinus issues, but don't do it while we're eating at the table, please. Good. How has this person gotten through their life blowing their nose at the table <laughs> and no one else has stopped her? And what did, did they, did they confer? It doesn't matter. Doesn't she matter. can't blow her nose at the table. <laughs> I don't care if you have a son's problem. I don't care if you have no nose. I don't no. care what it is. <laughs> and the other thing is, stop inviting her to dinner. <laughs> well, that's maybe not be an option. Have her seated somewhere. Look, how about we seat you here so it's easy for you to pop into the bathroom or whatever? Or at the kids' table. Or at the kids' <laughs> Or just invite her for after dinner the kids, drinks. The kids, with, the little kids are great. Oh, yeah, little like, kids. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, kids always say something. And I absolutely <laughs> would just sit there and go, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> he would, people. I really would. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't. I'll, I'll try to make light of it. Yeah, but but I, will make it, I will make it very clear You've to you. You've allowed to do that here? That's no, right. no, no. No, while I'm here for dinner. Yeah, I, I'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> would not let you do that in my She probably presence. shoves her tissue up her sleeve after that and saves it for later. I love, I love this one. This is one of those things, and we have a friend who is in a situation where they are not necessarily 100% happy in their relationship, but they are more afraid of being alone than they are miserable being with this person. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yes. And that's all, that's, I I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's an issue that's common among, air quote, people our age. I'd rather be with someone who has some annoyances to me. They're mostly 75% great, fun, but 25% of the time they just, oh, God, that's annoying. Rather than get rid of them completely and be alone. Because being alone is hard. It is. It's very, very hard, yeah. especially... At a certain age, mm -hmm. when you meet people, you know how much fun you have when you're with somebody. This is not true for everybody. Some people are perfectly fine being alone. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, the companionship aspect of relationships is a large portion of it. Yes. So is sex, so is affection, so is passion, so all of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a soon-to-be-divorced man who suffered a great deal of pain after the collapse of my lengthy marriage. After a, during the dissolution of multiple post-separation relationships, I found what, in many ways, is the perfect woman. As we've gotten to know each other, however, we've found huge ideological differences between us. Mm. Okay, first of all, she's no longer perfect. No, I don't think there's such a thing. My significant other does not vote. She does not believe in vaccinations. Her disapproval of the gay lifestyle extends to having animosity towards gay individuals. Oh. She believes they flaunt the deviant that they have chosen. She believes in conspiracy theories, putting stock in the theory that the Pentagon was damaged by a missile in 2001 and there was no plane that flew into it. Her positions rankle me. 
Do you believe that a relationship between two individuals who are opposites in many respects can survive and thrive? Well, the first thing I think about that is those differences are very significant. They're not little differences. And <clears throat> I, don't, I, I am one to be very strong in my belief that, you know, people can have their opinions, and, but it doesn't need, mean that you need to be near those people or associate with those people. She has very, very strong opinions about things that I couldn't be near. These are not differences of opinion. This is not her... This is not you not putting the seat down when you pee. No, no, this is big stuff. This is not squeezing the toothpaste tube from the bottom to the top. Or putting this... the toilet roll paper on the wrong way. God, this annoys the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. um, this, the, you are not opposites in many ways. She's not the perfect woman. In the vast majority of society, she, she ain't right. Well, it's not right to not like people for their choices that they make or how they're born. or it's this, that, that, to me, is serious. This relationship will not last. No. Get this out now. This sounds like a guy who's had a lot of breakups, has found someone who has aspects of their personality, physicality, mentality that they like. Maybe this person is funny. Maybe she's gorgeous. Maybe she's rich. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's. Maybe they have a wonderful sex relationship, but that eventually will not help. But these differences, as you as he calls them, sound like they're so significantly opposite his own opinions that you can't build a life for this person mm -hmm. and have any kind of meaningful interaction. No. Because if she believes in this stuff, she's going to believe in a lot of other I'm stuff, just too. I thinking that, yeah. You know, this is not the only thing she doesn't believe in. Yeah. yeah. These are just the things that either, A, you know about, or B, that she has told you about, and there's more to come. There's a lot more layers to this. This person sounds like at some point, maybe you haven't discovered it because you're both white, to be a racist. Yes. And what if you have dear friends or relatives that are... A gay or lesbian or, or, or you know, like... Uh, or vaccinated. Or vaccinated or, or grandchildren that are vaccinated. I mean, how do you... Ma it's too deep. There's, there's, there's too, too many much. differences. These are not minor differences. These are no. not blowing your nose at the, at the dinner table. They're differences. No. These are significant... They're not ones that you can laugh at and go, oh, yeah. oh, you know, Sean gets annoyed when we leave a little bit of toilet paper. Yep. You know, it's not... They're not things that you can laugh at. These are fundamental flaws in her character, in our opinion, and sounds like in your opinion, too. Yes. And these are not flaws that you should take on and try to fix. Oh, no, you can't fix these. At a certain age, maybe you can. Rory, our son, our 13-year-old, if he felt this way, uh -huh. we could say, no, that's oh, not true. Not, Here yeah. are the facts. Mm -hmm. Here's the difference. Mm -hmm. At some age, let's assume this person is middle-aged, mm -hmm. let go. You, just, you can't fix people after that, at that age. No. You, you, you can change some minor things. Yes, I'll put the toilet seat down. Yes, I'll squeeze the toilet paper. From, toilet the, toilet the, paste. The, toothpaste. Toothpaste from the bottom. Yes, those kind mm. of things. But You're a horribly messy cook, but I'll keep cleaning up after exactly. teasing you about that's it. Right. That's me. Such that's a me. messy cook. But disliking gays, hating gays, conspiracy theory believer, yeah. probably a racist. Yeah. Those are things that you can't you can't yeah, fix, and you I, shouldn't try to fix, and you should move and on. And you can't lay in bed in the morning and joke about it. No, <laughs> you, you, you you can't. This is this is an irredeemable relationship. Yes, and you got to stop trying to redeem it because it's not. And it's first simply of not all, going to work. first of all, you do need to say, "Oh, she's not perfect." Yes, and there's no one who, who is perfect. And then you move through that and go, yeah. "Oh, she's this, she's that." Because if you have hold someone up on a pedestal. They can be many things that you will accept for quite some time. Well, that's the way I feel about you. <laughs> oh, I'm a horrible racist. You, you are not. <laughs> Folks, uh, this is uh, Don't Listen to Us. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. The folks at Anchor want us to remind you about this. You can support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You know what you can do? You can buy us a beer in... Portugal. How do you do that? The 10th, 17th, those are our next two shows. Yes. So the 17th will be our one-year anniversary. This is show 50, 152. No! 
our one-year anniversary, because we missed one, Yes. our one-year anniversary will be show number 53. I guess 53, because 52 would be one year, and we've missed one. No, because we, we, we numbered them correctly. So 52 will be 52. Oh. So the 17th, oh. so two weeks, we'll have our one-year anniversary. On the 24th of March, we will be in Portugal. Mm -hmm. You can buy us a beer in Portugal. You can donate. <laughs> it's uh, very cheap. A dirt cheap, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like two euros, well, three bucks. Uh, you can uh, contribute 99 cents a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month um, using your, your credit card. If you want to, you can send us PayPal uh, funds, Sean, at yourmaclifeshow.com. Um, and is it your Mac Life Show you can do it, or you yeah, can do Sean, it to you? No, I haven't said it. PayPal. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's my regular, my regular <clears throat> okay. PayPal. My regular PayPal is Sean at yourmaclifeshow.com. But um, so if if somebody can buy us beer in Portugal, if no one does, we will not do a show on the seventeenth. Sorry, on the twenty fourth. We'll do March. a show from Portugal. Okay, we'll do a show. From, I think that's fair. Okay, because otherwise, because that's right. Because that Sunday is our travel day. We're coming back home on that Sunday. We'll have to make an effort to do a show on that day. But we've done a show on the ferry. Yes, exactly. And what I'm saying we have to. Put in more work mm, on that we day. We need a beer. We need, we need a beer. Or a couple. You can go to the uh, website, <laughs> anchor.fm forward slash DLTU, and you can support this podcast. Uh, this has been Don't Listen to Us. Thank you guys very much for listening. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Don't listen to us. Anchor.fm forward slash DLTU. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.